Tuesday morning in a rainy New York City. And of course, coming up after me, as he does every weekday morning at 10 a.m. and does a spectacular job, as well as Fox and Friends on Fox News and his own great show, Saturday Night's One Nation, is my guy, Brian Kilmeade. Brian, happy Tuesday morning, buddy. How are you? I know it's a Monday to a lot of people, uh, but you know what? Uh, I worked yesterday. I'm ready to go. What a day. I mean, you got the president in Kiev coming back. Huge debate on whether he should go or not. I'm, I'm in a, uh, a brawl yesterday just about people saying that, you know, it's a war we don't need. And I know people look around and, and say that money could be used here. I always think it's two different things, foreign policy and domestic policy. But it's uh, not many people have faith that President Biden's going to be able to execute this deal let alone should we be there or not. Well, I'll tell you, it gets a lot worse than that. I was here yesterday, too, so it is a Tuesday for me, Brian, because I also never yeah, take off. You. But it gets a lot worse than that. I know I watched your your colleague, your co-worker, Tucker Carlson, last night, and uh, the lovely Tulsi Gabbard as well. And uh, Joe Biden, according to them, according to them, is engaging in basically the early stages of of World War III. You know, you got Zelensky in a German newspaper yesterday saying, hey, if the Chinese and Russians ally, that is World War III. Well, the truth is they've already allied. So right off the bat, it's a lot darker than Joe Biden trying to, you know, promote freedom and democracy in Ukraine. If you believe that, I've got a Tappanzee bridge to sell you. Seems to be a lot more ominous than that, Brian. Yeah, and there's only certain things uh, foundationally are a fault or in control. Number one, you know, uh, Sid, I don't know where we were in 2014, but when the Russia decides, I'm just going to take Crimea and I'm going to take part of the Donbass region, I'm going to create havoc in that country for the next six years. Do you know what Barack Obama did? Blankets and MREs. So we know what the message Vladimir Putin said? Okay. I pulled off taking portions in Georgia. I just, took, I just stole Crimea back that Khrushchev gave up in the 60s. And then I just took the Donbass region. I said they were Russian separatists. So I created havoc uh, in Ukraine, who I never, you know, I think it should be part of Russia anyway. We did nothing. You know, we, we kind of hoped that Ukraine would fight it out. We really did nothing. We know about all things going back and forth. Zelensky, Poroshenko, and the Russians try to install their own guy. We did nothing. So we sit there and they said, hey, we want to be part of European Union. We want to be part of NATO. I said, yeah, that's going to be a little dicey, even though Bush was for it. And now all of a sudden... They go, okay, we're going to take the rest of Ukraine for no reason. We're just going to take the rest. Why? Because we never did anything. We was too afraid to put HIMARS in, to give these people javelins, to give them harpoons to take out ships, to be able to defend themselves. We waited for the invasion to happen. And then we said, okay, here's everything. Really? The Russians are going, wait a second. We wanted to be thugs. We just want to be able to take land. Uh, why is America so upset? Why is NATO so unified? So we were asked backwards under Barack Obama. Under Trump, things stopped because, you know what? Putin knew there would be a problem if he invaded. Number two, he also knew that Trump didn't really like the Ukraine. And he wasn't looking to dominate and, uh, you know, dominate with NATO because he was upset about NATO. He thought that we were taking all the, you know, paying almost the whole way. So they had somewhat of a relationship. Whatever you think of Trump, this wouldn't have happened under him. And if there was an invasion that took place in a land grab that happened for the first time since World War II, uh, they just grab land, there would have been more of an answer. Does not want to get in foreign wars. So a lot of what we did, Sid, of not doing anything got us here, but we got to do something now. That's my belief. 
Yeah, I disagree. I'll get back to that in a second. But not only uh, Donald Trump made sure when he was in office that there was no Russia-Ukraine conflict, China-Taiwan conflict, but got to give Trump credit because he said all along his fear was, was that one day China and Russia would ally and then you got nukes, then you got World War III. Donald Trump actually predicted this. And this is exactly what the Biden administration is allowing to happen under, again, this guise of, well, we're protecting the Ukrainians, which, by the way, is not our responsibility. So Donald Trump deserves a tremendous amount of credit today because his exact fears seem to be coming true. Yeah, uh, there's certain things that we could not keep uh, the way China's acting. We could not keep them from Russia and Russia has no other choice but to, to suppl- uh, supplicate itself to China. I mean, for the longest time, they had a rivalry because they couldn't agree who was more stronger. They're, China's emerging. Russia felt they were established. So they had all these border skirmishes for years. So they thought, you know, Nixon did a good job of that in the 70s because let's keep these guys apart. Now, they have no like Russia has no choice. They did. They re- they said, OK, we're going to suck it up. We'll be the junior partner. And China saying where well, our economy is faltering, you know, we, by the pandemic that we caused and we poisoned the world, uh, we, you know, they're only growing at two percent with a country that size. That's like negative growth. And what they're doing now, arresting their billionaires, taking out the market economy, they're totally unstable. But we can't be blamed for that. We can't be blamed for Russia and China because Vladimir Putin is out of his freaking mind. Listen to some of the rhetoric. I was on Bloomberg. Listen to some of the rhetoric this morning. He's speaking at four in the morning, our time. And he's saying that we invaded Ukraine, that this is a war against the West. They had no choice. We were going to take Red Square. He's saying the craziest stuff that he's so divorced from reality. So the crazy guy in the back of the bar, I don't really want to make peace with because it's not possible. So how do you rein him in is a more productive conversation. What I would love to do is get a plan to replenish our stocks. What I would love to do, get we plan to replenish our oil. What I would love to do is give the Ukrainians what they need because they're better, more organized fighters and let them start kicking their ass this year. Because by next year, between money and elections, uh, I think we all know this is not going to be financed again. Yeah. But the one thing I think we both agree on, these Ukrainians don't, they want to fight their own battles. They just need the weapons. And this is not the ta- this is not the Afghan forces falling to the Taliban. Uh, this is a real fighting force by almost all accounts. So just give them what they need to be successful, and Russia will not be a problem for your kids and our kids for at least 20, 30 years. But do you know what also was discovered by Yahoo News? There's a plan to take Belarus by 2030. That's exactly what we're talking about. They'll take Moldova, we'll take Belarus. Oh, who cares about Belarus? Ah, Moldova, I'll never go visit. Georgia, well, that's kind of weird. Oh, Ukraine, I'm sorry we lost that. Next thing you know, they're going to surround Poland and say, Poland, hey, give me your, we're going to rotate your leaders out. Either that or we're going to invade. And then we're going to say, wait, that's a NATO country. Now we got to fight. And our gen- the next generation is going to go, what the hell were you guys doing in 2023? Why did you let these guys get beer muscles, absorb these other countries' natural resources, and, and get strong again? So we have an obligation to stop them while we can. That's how I see it. We have an obligation to take care of the folks in our country. Zelensky is no hero. Zelensky's a bad guy. Joe Biden, Why? he's no hero. Why is he a bad because guy? Because he is. Because, you know, when he, when he makes a comment. An actor? When he makes, yeah, well, he is an actor. And he's, he's more concerned about his next photo shoot in front of dead bodies with his wife somewhere in Kiev. 
But when he makes a comment like, hey, listen, if, uh, if uh, millions of people die in a nuclear war protecting us, then that's the way it's going to have to go. I mean, are you kidding me? What do you mean that millions of people die? It's okay. I don't trust him. I don't trust Joe Biden. And we've got a real disastrous situation right here in East Palestine, Ohio. And you got this president taking a secret trip to Poland and Ukraine, giving these people a half a billion dollars overnight while we've got fish and animals and maybe people dying in Ohio, in Ohio, I should say. You cannot make a decent argument for that. Everything you said is correct. However, any I'm not going to defend Joe Biden as a president. I can't. I mean, he's been terrible. But. Any good leader can do both. I mean, when when the Iraq war is... Wait, wait, has he done both? Wait, has he done both? I'm not going to offend Joe Biden. I'm just going to talk about the the, there is no problem in America handling domestic issues and foreign policy. I mean, LBJ or JFK or Nixon was able to hold on to our border, deal with civil rights legislation, and fight a war in Vietnam. You have a guy here who just has no interest in Ohio. Why? Because Ohio is white and Ohio is Republican. I didn't want to make that conclusion, but I can come to... Well, hold on. What if I said to you, he also has nothing to gain in Ohio? I mean, you do realize... At the end of the day, he is compromised. And I don't know how much money is coming to him and Hunter from Ukraine still to this day, but no one's going to convince me that this president is not compromised and therefore doing things like giving this country way too much money when, in fact, people may die in Ohio. He is compromised. I don't know what that has to do with the war in Ukraine. They're paying his family. They're They're paying his family. In the past, I'm not going to defend Joe Biden. But I'm saying you can have a foreign policy and a domestic policy, no matter how big the story is or how small the story is. Every president has to deal with a depression at home, FDR, and a world war abroad. No one ever said, and believe me, no one wanted to get into World War II here. It took a bombing to get us into World War II. So that doesn't mean that FDR didn't have problems at home. I mean, we didn't have any industry. Wall Street had fallen apart. He's trying to bring us out of a depression, and he's got a world war. As I mentioned, Vietnam War, civil rights legislation, we didn't have a problem at the border. You might love it, you might hate the Iraq War, and that's fine. But we didn't have a problem. We were also able to get a growing economy while we were doing this. And we did not have a immigrant. We had, we're going for immigration, we were going for immigration reform. We weren't going for, uh, we weren't watching 4 million people come here illegally on both borders. So he is the one who can do two things. But any president has to. Well, you're right. Ideally, they should be able to do two things. The amount of money, though, and weaponry going to Ukraine is perverse. At this point, it's perverse. Helping the country is one thing. This is not our war. That's my opinion. But here in New York City, Brian Kilmeade, uh, Mayor Eric Adams, now he's starting to really annoy me. I'm going to be honest. Ron DeSantis was on Staten Island yesterday. As you know, you reported this. His, uh, he's starting basically his, 220, his 2024 campaign with a salute to police in all these Democratic cities. And I'm sure you saw this. Mayor Eric Adams tweet with DeSantis in town yesterday, and it read like this. Welcome to New York City at Governor Ron DeSantis, a place where we don't ban books discriminate against our LGBTQ neighbors, use asylum seekers as props, or let the government stand between a woman and health care. We're happy to teach you something about values while you're here. Now, again, you know I like Eric. I think he's trying. Uh, He's not doing a very good job yet, but he is in no position, Mayor Eric Adams, no position 
to say anything bad about Ron DeSantis, because right now DeSantis is a great governor and Eric Adams is a failed mayor. Your thoughts? I'm not going to give up. I know you know him personally, and I know that's hard for you to say. I'm serious. But it was <laughs> Eric Adams is not. Uh, I don't think he's failed. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I can't throw in the towel. If I like New York City, I can't throw in the. Whoa, towel. Whoa, whoa, no, I'm not, not saying he, no. Wait, wait, I'm not saying he's failed yet. I'm saying so far, one quarter into his mayoral stay, the results are not very good. So you can't give him a failing grade for his whole mayoral run for four years. But so far, he's failing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I see very little progress except hustle. I see him in a lot of places where I didn't see the guy at all. But what, what DeSantis's retort is actually somewhat of a uh, of a, a wink. He says, "You see New York City in Manhattan. You have the district attorney not being uh, uh, well." He had that some of his quote, but he said this through a spokesperson. Uh, Here's the reality: more Americans fled New York City than any other metro area last year. More Americans moved to Florida than any other state. You know that, Mayor Adams, and you talked accurately about crime pushing people out of New York City. That's what he's saying. He's saying, "Come on, Mayor Adams." Don't be de Blasio. Don't be Cuomo. We know the difference. Florida's crime rate is a 50-year low. Maybe it's you who can learn from DeSantis. You know that he decided not to bring up bail reform when it was that tin cup meeting over in Albany. That, to me, was the worst thing he did. He said, well, I can't pass it, so why am I going to bring it up? So he knows bail reform is doing it. He knows crime is out of control. But yet he went after DeSantis for things that were, were not attributable to him. He doesn't discriminate against gays. He doesn't use asylum seekers as props. What he was pointing out is the four million here illegally and being dropped into Jacksonville at midnight by a president of the United States. That is virtually criminal. And women's health. By the way, everything in Florida has not been touched in terms of uh, Roe v. Wade. So that is totally inaccurate. And when he talks about CRT, he's taking it on. But he says we have values. So... Uh, he wanted to point out the difference between New York. I think Adams is trying to be a national figure. That was the first shot. And I think the retort totally neutralized him. What do you think? I think you're 100% right. Interesting couple of days for Ron DeSantis. First taking shots from a Republican president and then from a Democrat mayor. Ron DeSantis is not safe anywhere. <laughs> anyway, right. <laughs> so that yeah, is a great conversation. By the way, Sid, I'm going to be at March 8th. I'm going to be with him. He rolls out his book and we go to his hometown. So I'm going to do a, a, a feature with him. Uh, everyone is saying, get in. We need you in. They're getting nervous. People that don't like Trump are getting nervous. He's going to win again. And I think it's so brilliant for Trump to go to Palestine on Wednesday. It is brilliant. No Biden, no Buttigieg, no Kamala Harris, but Donald Trump once again showing he cares more about the American people than the current administration, who right now is somewhere in Poland uh, doing only God knows what. Hey, listen, uh, I love you. This was a great conversation. Your shows are great. TV, radio, all of it. We'll talk again next week, buddy. Great job. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Sid. Go get him. You the man. There he is. Brian Kilmeade after me every weekday morning at 10 o'clock. What a great job he does. His radio Radio show was great. And of course, Fox and Friends on Fox News and Saturday nights. I love being a guest on this show. One Nation on Fox News as well. A lot more to come, including Curtis Sliwa and Bo Deedle next hour. More of Sid and Friends in the morning right after these short messages. 
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.